Good morning. It's so good to be with you. If you would, let's go ahead and turn your Bibles to Psalm 119. We're going to be spending a lot of our time here this morning. For those of you that have not been with us on Wednesday night, we have embarked upon a study and understand the importance of God's authority. It's unusual that we bring on a Wednesday night, both the young and the old alike, but the topic is of the most importance in our walk with God. Ben and I were talking uh, just a few moments before we started how neither one of us have really been in a topic of authority and it starts out the way it, this class has. We're very grateful for Jacob and his time in preparation and preparing for this class and considering our audience. But I think it's absolutely vital to establish what we're establishing. That authority, the example of authority starts with Jesus and his walk on this earth. And that foundation allows us to, when we embark upon a topic and need to rely on the authority, we're walking literally in the footsteps of Jesus. And as we've gone through these past three weeks, we've referenced Psalm 119 multiple times and for very good reason. Psalm 119, oh, how I love your law, could be a general statement of the entire book. And as we've referenced Psalm 119 multiple times, I thought back and considered that that's the longest chapter in the Bible. That's what we know it as. And it's formed a little differently, but why? And so I thought this morning to help us as we continue this march and this topic and Wednesday night on authority to just think about the valuable lesson we can all have to appreciate, to review, and to understand the, the, the construct of Psalm 119 and how important and critical it was for the Israelite and it is still for us to this day. My pages got turned upside down. I apologize. The printer flipped it. So. Um, the importance of God's law is essential. And as parents, we seek, as we think about the instruction of our children, of ways to um, provide them the opportunity to, to learn and to be grounded. We know from 2 Timothy 3, 6 and 16 and 17, all authority comes from God. We read in 2 Timothy 3, starting in 16, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. But we don't often read what precedes this statement. And we must continue in God's commands. And that's what Psalms 19 is articulating. In 2 Timothy 3, 13 through 15, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
But you must what? You must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood, from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So this topic of authority is important from childhood and on. And Psalm 119 was important because it establishes distinctly, and we're going to see in a way that was memorizable because they did not have the Bible that we have today. It was oftentimes orally communicated that they could understand the importance of God's law to be a staple in their lives. And in Proverbs chapter 23, 23 through 26, we see that we need to buy the truth and treasure it just as diligently as we do if we were looking at and evaluating an investment. That should be our focus. Psalms 23, verse 23. Buy the, tr buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. And he who begets a wise child will delight in him. Let your father and your mother be glad. And let her who bore you rejoice. My son, give me your heart. And let your eyes observe my ways. And I would dare to say that this instruction is not just for the young in age, but for all of us as we are the child of God when we commit ourselves to Him. Normally I have an issue with uh, the slides not coming up and now they're fast forwarding. And as we just read in our scripture reading, Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, the focus on the Word of God should never become secondary. Ever. It is the focus of us as adults for the Word of God needs to be talked about from the time we wake up to walking through the way to the time we lay our heads down. So the importance of God's law, Psalms 119. Oh, how I love thy law. So a few facts. This is the longest psalm in the Bible. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. And it is a combination of 22 individual psalms all discussing this very important topic of the importance of God's law. To illustrate that, there are over 100, some 175 references to the scriptures being exalted as the word of God. We know that the Bible does not repeat things on accident. There's a purpose. And Psalm 119 clearly states and exalts the word uh, scriptures as being the word of God. And we are seeing that even from the life of Jesus on Wednesday night as we 
start this topic over the last three weeks of authority that Jesus exalted the scriptures as the word of God. What is interesting is the structure of Psalm 119. It is structured as a term man has developed, acrostic poem. And that acrostic poem structure is based on the Hebrew alphabet. Sorry. Acrostic poem by Webster's Dictionary is defined as a composition, usually in verse, in which sets of letters, such as the initial or the final letters of the line, taken in order, form a word or phrase, or a regular secret sequence of letters of the alphabet. And that's what happens here. See, the Hebrew alphabet consists of 22 consonants. Children, there were no vowels in the Hebrew alphabet. Makes it very challenging to read. Additionally, the Hebrew alphabet is the first alphabet. And as we go through each of these 22 letters, and many of your Bibles will actually have the modern Hebrew writing of the letter, and then the Hebrew word associated with it, it would help and assist the Israelites in memorizing the purpose, just like we use these methods and techniques today. Do you remember back when you were teaching your children to say the alphabet? A is for, oftentimes, apple. And then you would pronounce the A sound. B is for banana. And then you would sound the B sound. Very similarly, if you were going through the Hebrew alphabet and you had followed Deuteronomy 6, that was our scripture reading that Joseph did for us this morning, you would think A and the principle that God would have us to focus on. So each of these 22 consonants have eight verses associated with them. And if you do the math, 8 times 22 will equal what the entire verse count is in Psalm 119. A couple uh, more things about the Psalm 19 structure, 119 structure. Acrostic poems is a common style used in the Bible. Psalm 25, Psalm 34 are two examples of that. In those examples, one verse represents each Hebrew consonant, unlike in Hebrews Psalm 119, which we're going to view a couple of these examples for, will show that it's eight verses in Psalm 25 and 34. It's one verse. In Lamentation, the entire book is an acrostic poem with each chapter having its own set, with chapter three having three verses per consonant. Except for a few verses in Psalm 119, each line is going to contain a reference to the law. And we're going to see that in just a moment. The Hebrew alphabet, you may not know this, start options uh, taking a 
a chapter out of the Egyptians' uh, petrographs, and they would use a picture, in essence, to identify the letter. Now, the Egyptians and, and history knows it was very complex to write things in petrographs. Very complex. It was not easy. The formation of the alphabet, which is under attack by the Hebrews for Moses to be able to write the first five books of the Bible, would be very taxing and many, 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 many more pages if you were doing it in petrographs. So they used the symbol to represent a letter. And I just want to uh, demonstrate this. And this is very difficult to read. And I'm going to zoom here in a minute. But there's two things I want us to focus when we zoom in. This first column is modern day Hebrew. This second column, you can see a lot of different pictures represents what is believed from modern research. Um, Present. And then everything else as we go through is the iterations to get to the simplified alphabet that the Hebrews use today. So I'm going to reference just the first two because we're going to look at these first two in Psalm 119. Because of time, we cannot look at them all. But I encourage you, my hope is this emphasizes some deeper understanding of Psalm 119 and encourages your family to read each of the Psalms and think and meditate about what is being said. The first letter here is um, going to be uh, a leaf. And that is a picture of an ox. And we're going to see how that picture and idea of an ox represents what is being said in the first eight verses of Psalm 119. Next, we have the picture of, I believe it is uh, Belel, Beth, I'm sorry, Beth. And this is a picture of a house. And again, I'm going to bring these up. We're going to shrink them down when we're talking about these first two letters. So let's look at Psalms 119. If you have your Bibles, we're going to read verses 1 through 8. And this is of the first constant, constant of the Hebrew alphabet, a leaf. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with their whole heart. They also do, not, do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes, then I would not be ashamed. When I look into all of your commandments, I will praise you with a brightness of heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. In Hebrew, as it is referenced, this is an ox, and it would mean mighty blessings. It is a prefix for strong, mighty. The, um, the psalmist is describing the happiness, the blessing that comes from having God's law. That's what we just read in the first eight verses. So if we were Hebrew children, 
and we thought of the consonant alif, that would be what would come to our minds. What a blessing, the happiness and blessings that come from having God's law. And this is reiterated, just all 22 of these in the New Testament. We're going to look at two quick examples. One in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22. The lamp of the body is the eye. If you therefore, if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But it is, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either they will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Deuteronomy 6.24, later from our scripture reading, it states, And the Lord God and the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is to this day. As we go to the next eight verses, Beth would mean house of protection. Remember the original symbol has three sides and a roof or has a roof and, and two sides and looks like a house? Well, in modern day Hebrew, it no longer looks like that. They took that symbol and over the centuries turned it to the side. But this is a foundational reference throughout the Bible. Bethel, what is that? The house of God. Bethlehem, the house of bread. And we can see this over and over. But let us ask the question, when we think of our protection and our security, what do you think of? You think of your home. In Proverbs uh, chapter 6, verse 20, or, or before we do that, let's look at, let's look at um, Psalms 119, 8 through, uh, I'm sorry, verse 9 through 16. And think about protection and security as we read these verses, these eight verses. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies and as much as in all riches, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your strengths. I will not forget your word. Do we find the protection and security in God's word that is being referenced here? Absolutely. Let's also look at Psalms chapter 6, verse 20 and 24 through 24. My son... Keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak to you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. 
Reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep you from the evil woman, from the flattering tongue of a a seductress. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you wake, they will speak with you. The word of God provides us the protection and security that the consonant Beth represented. I wish we had time to go through all 22 examples. We, we do not. I'm going to quickly reference the next two. We don't have time to continue to read all the references. But I encourage you, what a study for us and our children to know and understand the importance of God's law that Psalm 119 illustrates and how that becomes our guiding arrow. It becomes the lamp unto the feet and the light unto our path, as Psalm 119 describes, because that is the authority in how we live our lives, and that is the example that we are seeing that Jesus turned to, and we want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Gamel is the next consonant, the journey through life. In Hebrew, Gabel is a camel, something that carries you as you travel. How does that relate to our time on earth? Is this our home? Is this where all of our focus, our wants, and our needs are fulfilled? Absolutely not. We can see so many references that we are sojourners and pilgrims. This is not our home. 1 Peter 1, uh, 2, 11, in your spare time, is a great passage to reinforce this. Hebrews 11, uh, 13 through 16, is another great passage to reinforce this. And the fourth that we'll review tonight of the 22, tonight, this morning, is Delith, the door leading from sorrows. In Hebrew, it is a door that divides one place from another. This life has sorrows and griefs. But how did the law help the psalmist think about this? Go back and read this fourth eight verse and you will see the connection to that Hebrew word delith. Also a great passage to look at um, as you review and reinforce this is Romans 8, 28, James 1, 2 through 4, and Romans 5, 1 through 5. Just a few examples that help us understand and see the benefit of God's law to get through those moments. But there are many lessons that Psalm 119 teach. Um, it just so happened that I had listened to two podcasts. Brother Hamilton has a multi-week study where he goes through this, and it was so encouraging to hear that. And Brother Cox, who has been with us, and I appreciate him so much in his work in the kingdom, um, he had a lesson that I listened to just this past week by happen chance that led to me bringing this before you. And he talks about the seven blessings from God's word that he identified. And there are many more. Of course, Psalm 119 has many, many blessings that we have by committing ourselves to God's word. But he highlighted a few. A way to go, verse 105. To avoid sin, verse 11. Avoided shame, verses 1 through 6. Comfort and peace, 49 through 56. Wisdom, 97 through 100. The answers in verse 42 and salvation, verse 41, 81, 
123 and 155. Psalm 19 illustrates the importance of God's Word. In Psalm 119 and verse 160, we read, The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endure forever. My question for you as we conclude our lesson this morning is this. Can you say, oh, how I love your law? Does that describe our attitude and the focus of our lives? Do we walk in the steps of Jesus, of putting God's law above all else? And when we are asked questions, is it the gospel? Is it the word of God that we turn to to provide our answers? If you've not obeyed the gospel, the plan of salvation that we are given, then you can't enjoy the blessings we just read of or the understanding that is given throughout this entire psalm. And if you've fallen away, we need to make that right as well. If you have any need, please come forward as we stand and sing the invitation song.